Welcome to episode 55 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Boglin. Absent this evening is Ryan Dempsey because we are officially at Baby Watch 2K17. Uh, Ryan is anxiously awaiting the arrival of the Prince. Yes, sir. Uh, still tried to be a trooper and uh, was going to do the show. <laughs> his, his, his wife... It, waiting for this baby to come out is like urging him to do the show because he's probably going to have to miss next week with a newborn and everything like that. Right. And he's telling us all this and we're both like, dude, just take the week off. It's over, brother. Just take the week off. And finally, because yeah. he's not listening to me, he just take, you You put your foot down and we're like, you're done. Yeah, man. When the guy that controls the sound and the guy that controls the files and the dude that has the say in whether or not your voice gets heard says, if you try to fucking log in, you're going to get muted, says no more. <laughs> brother, that's no more. You don't have a choice. <laughs> so, uh, so with Ryan being absent, uh, filling in tonight for us, and joining us once again is my good friend Tony Monteruso, friend All of the right. show, Fuck Tony yes. Monteruso. Yes, thanks sir. For, thanks for joining us tonight, Tony. It's uh, good to have you back in studio, me. man. Yeah, yes. man. Hey, we have uh, we've, forward to it. We've had a few uh, we've had a few shows uh, since the the fight night, man, and it's uh, we've talked about you quite a bit. I hope you've been listening. And, uh, oh, for sure, you guys are way too nice. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's awesome. You know, um, I've been wanting to hear about uh, your side of the story, your experience on the fight night, how you felt, how you liked it, how you enjoyed it, what was going on with you. Oh man, it, I had a great time. Um, I definitely uh, was inebriated mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> <laughs> That it was uh, definitely a uh, good time. Though. Good. Um, oh, that's good. I was I was wrong about the zombie. Uh, a little bummed about that. But, I was uh, wrong about the zombie I, too. I really but, didn't think it was going to be that easy for him. But I was happy. Um, oh, definitely happy yeah. about it. Yeah. No, I get it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Uh, you know, zombie is easy. Talented cat, man. Talented, talented cat. Yeah. So, sure. Dave, it was your week for uh, intro music. Do you want to discuss what, you, what your pick was there and... Uh, yeah. Show it a little love. Sure, man. You know, it was. Uh, it's. It's really. It's really difficult for me to pick a song because I have so many damn things running through my head, and and I will go from a range from. You know, I picked two short one week, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll go to Tupac, and I'll go to over here, and. Um, I was. Uh, I was watching. I was watching something on Facebook when those stupid ass commercial videos came up, and it was Tommy Shaw. Uh, it was uh, Croden. Uh, uh, from Ario Speedwagon, and it was Felder from uh, the Eagles, and they were they just did some random video, and and uh, Tommy Shaw was bullshitting with Felder, and he said, "Oh, Felder," and then he started to sing the beginning of it, and I was like, "Bro, Renegade, it's yeah. got to be Renegade." And so I went to I immediately went to Facebook or uh, to YouTube. I pulled up Renegade. I played it. I listened it to it again, and I pictured it being played uh, at the beginning of the show, and I thought, nothing fucking better. Fuck, this no, is it. Perfect. This is it. This has got to be the song. And so uh, 
told Tony about the song. I was like, Tony, brother, it's like, man, you know, you're your guest, your guest uh, hosting this week. You know, you want to pick a song, bro, you can't. Say, fuck that. Too much pressure. Fuck you guys. But he's like, but then he's like, he's like, you got Renegade anyway. Who the fuck cares? Run it. So, yeah, man. I mean, look, man. If, I, mean, I could have got you some. If it's not. Sure. Yeah, some outro sure. music. If it's not, If it's not Tommy Shaw sticks, it doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. Let me exactly. <laughs> so at some point in my, because I loved I love Tommy Shaw Sticks music. Like those those are the only songs of Sticks I really give a fuck about. And at some point in my mid to late twenties, hanging out with the the guys we were just talking about, we were talking mm-hmm. about the old "If He Dies, He Dies" guys, partying with them and all fucked up and shit. We were fucking jamming to it might have been Renegade some some Sticks song, and I was like, "Fuck this." I said, I'm naming my firstborn sh- son Tommy Shaw Shanahan. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> and then, so, like, that was a joke for a long time. And I told my mom once, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to name my fir- your firstborn grandson. And she was not pleased. No. No, not, not impressed. <laughs> not impressed at all. You spice it up, but Thomas. Thomas Shaw. Thomas. Yeah, so that was, that was, exactly. but that was my joke for a long time. They're like, you know, I was like, you're going to have kids? Yeah, what are you going to name me? Tommy Shaw, Tommy after, Shaw. My, after my favorite member of Sticks. <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, you guys ready to fucking fights or let's uh, let's do some fights, man. Let's do some fights. So this past Saturday night, live from uh, where were they? What part of Canada? Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Uh, Halifax. Yeah, Halifax, Nova Scotia. I kept thinking Saskatchewan. Live from Halifax, Nova Scotia, the Black Beast picked up a big KO win over Travis Brown. Uh, rough first first round for the beast. Yeah, he fell victim to those cheap kicks, man. Yeah, he those was, kicks caught him right in the gut. And uh, he, uh, as we know, he had to boo boo. Had, had to go boo boo, and so you know, I thought they, I thought they hurt him physically when I was watching. I thought it so looked too. Like, it it, did. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. watching back again, it, it definitely. It was I thought they damage. held. It, I thought he he got smacked and he held his gut out of pain, like you know, you see like. Guys like Brock Lesnar take those liver shots yeah. and they mm-hmm. keel over in pain and they're Brock hurting. Hated getting kicked in the tum tum. So does yeah. Cowboy Cerrone hates getting exactly, kicked in the tum tum. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that one of those teep kicks just land those. You know, the the ball of the foot just stuck way hard into the liver or somewhere. You know, deep into into Beast's gut and just hurt him really bad. That's why he kept holding it. And for a while in that first round, he was almost like a one armed man because he kept that that blocking arm, that left arm around his gut, holding it. He didn't have it up. And and Brown, not being in a good camp and not having smart uh, coaches, didn't take advantage of They had him keep attacking the gut that he was blocking instead of going high. Right. Where his arm wasn't blocking was not a good game plan to keep attacking the, the guarded stomach, For I sure. don't think. Um and That's how Beast got out of that round because he was, they were, he was attacking the guarded area. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. No. I was uh <laughs> I was impressed with the way he caught Travis. You know, he he timed that kick and blocked it and then caught him with a counter. But the thing I kept I was yelling and, and Tony and I were just watching the fight back last night. Um when he starts trying to unload on him and Travis is covering up, no body shots. Not a yeah, single either. body shot. Yeah. Like, I'm screaming at my TV still the second time. Like, start throwing body shots, bro. Wide open. I mean, Travis's whole midsection yeah. is just wide open. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, not yeah. only is he guarding up top, but he's guarding way his elbows are yeah. where his chin is. Because I mean, he's, he's trying to stop here. those uppercuts. Exactly. So, hey, you want to open up a little, hit him in the fucking liver. Right underneath these ribs right here. Bring him upwards. Crack him. Yeah. 
It's gonna He's open got it, the power yeah, to crack the wrist. It's yeah. going to open up his guard. You want to yeah. hit him with one of those freaking power shot KO uppercuts. Um, stoppage. Let's talk about the oh, stoppage. Um, well, be- wait, real quick before the stoppage. When did you guys something that I've seen is when when Beast cracked it once and um, Brown just basically took that one simple shot in the second round and fell the fuck apart. All oh, he yeah. did was fall against the cage, put his arms up, and gave up. He didn't fight back. He didn't try to take it, you know take him down. He didn't try to counter punch. He didn't try to. He attempted one takedown. Guy, I saw him reach for the like he ducked. It was like shortly after one of the times he got him up against the fence. Travis did kind of reach out for his legs, but he got cracked again, and he stopped that, and that's when he went to the full cover-up. It basically just gave it up it got, until he got crowned with a shot until he went down. Did you, did you see any, um, Tony, did you see any openings or anything else that, that Brown could have done other than cover-up, or was, was he just destined to get mauled at this fight? Uh, I think at that point in the fight, he was... He was pretty much hit. He, yeah, he had his opportunities in the the first round, like Jeff said. With sure, it, you gotta you gotta at least mix it up a little bit. You can't. Yeah, I mean, I know you hurt him. Uh, I can respect that, but you get him to open up that guard. Yeah, definitely. Get him to face a couple times. Plus, you got the power. Yeah, I mean, it definitely yeah. does. Absolutely, man. Definitely He's does. Not a little guy. No. So yeah, now he gets him down for the finish. Huh. Yeah. So so then he probably hit him with. I don't know, seven, eight, nine more shots than he really needed to because Mario Yamasaki was waiting for a fucking bus or some shit. There was a total of 12 shots on the ground from the time that uh, uh, Travis Brown was considered a downed opponent until the time that his last strike hit. There was 12 shots, and I believe there was, at one point, I think Joe Rogan said that there was six that he would have called yeah that's that's what i late. said it was six it was six, six shots so, too yeah. late that yeah. travis didn't need yeah. to take yeah. and the last three especially because like yeah. beast beast knocked him out woke him back up yeah and then knocked him the fuck out again yep. yeah the last three in particular were all three <sighs> what the fuck were you waiting for yamasaki like I mean, did you need an invitation to stop the fucking fight like i don't get that he's scared I don't you know, man. I don't Lewis? fucking know, but dude, yeah, Jesus know, Christ, man. you got to stop that fight, man. Travis Brown is not going to be the same. I don't know. Yeah, no, but, yeah. It was vicious. I mean, just bouncing him. It really he was. Got, he got like Chuck Liddell, dude. When Remember when oh. Remember when Jardine was bouncing Chuck's head <laughs> off the canvas, like starting the lawnmower? Yeah. Like that. that is what that reminded me of. Yeah. Travis's head was just Bouncing Except off, Except you have a 265-pound gargantuan right. doing it. Right. Yeah. 200, probably, probably around 277. Probably more like 275, that, 280 Yeah, because he point. weighed in at 262, so. Yeah, probably more like 280. 280-pound <laughs> gargantuan. That's why he had to boo-boo so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, late stoppage, obviously. Very late. There was not, it was not necessary for all that fucking no. damage. No. Christ. Um. Uh, did you guys see where this moved Beast up to at all? No, I actually didn't. I forgot I was going to have you bring up the rankings uh, early before we started and we got to talking about shit. Didn't it, didn't do much for him. Moved up to seven. seven. He was already at seven, I thought. Move, uh, Maybe they didn't update the rankings yet. No, because Brown was above him still. Brown's down to ten now. 
So him and so who's that? Okay, bring him. Can you bring him up? Because the overall rankings. Yeah. Because did anybody else move? Because I think Ghana was at six. A lot of light heavyweight. Holy shit. So Lewis, they moved Hunt down. Okay, that's what happened. I knew that was going to happen. I knew he was going to jump Hunt. Erlovsky moved up. Yeah, because Lewis, Lewis was at eight and Travis was at nine. Or, um, yeah, he was at eight and Travis was at nine. Yeah. And then it was Hunt and, and Gano in between each other. So, um, yeah, holy shit, there's a lot of movement over there and. uh how does Jared Cannonier jump into the top fifteen? <laughs> off it, I don't know. off a fucking ass whooping. A part timer that got his ass handed to him. Why not top fifteen? Oh yeah, because uh, well, Bader's still ranked. I was gonna say because they cut a bunch of people. Uh, was was uh, Krylov? Krylov uh, was, was ranked. Was so was Misa. I think so was Misa Shirkinov. Yeah. Okay. But Bader's still there because he hasn't officially signed his contract yet. He lost a lot of of light heavies. Yeah, light heavy. Well, light heavy was already freaking. It's not very dense as it is, man. And and only at the top. Yeah, but I mean, you already you're losing Bader, and the rest of the top has already fucked itself around and beat the shit out of each other. Glover's still at number. You know, he's at number three. And but it's old. The top. Yeah, is that's old. the other thing. It's old, except for Gus. I mean, Johnson's kind of young, but Daniel's old as shit. Well, after you have back surgery, you're not young anymore. True. True, and he had some head taken. I mean, and Rumble had already knocked him the fuck out badly. Cormier's old. Cormier's old as shit. Shogun's old. He's waiting on that John Jones check so he can retire. Manawa's is... He's a middle ground there. I mean, in age-wise. You guys realize how old Yoel is? Just thought it's an off... Yeah, he's like 40... He's 39. He's 39, okay. I couldn't remember if he was 39. Some bitch is 39. It looks like he's 22. A lot of good, uh, good drugs in Cuba. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's, he's, I can't believe he's done he's been a fucking pop. Fucking monster, unbelievable. Jesus Christ. Joey Diaz loves this dude. He's Cuban. And Joey yeah. Diaz, <laughs> he's like, he's got that immigrant strength, dog. I mean, he is the only person to beat Cal Sanderson in international competition twice. Some say he fucking threw it. Cal? Um, no. Um, I was I was just listening to I can't, a, he's still, a Rogan podcast. He still turned around and fucking won the gold medal. Yeah, I was just I was just read, or listening to a Rogan podcast. I don't remember which one it was, and they brought it up. Kale's way too intense of a fucking competitor for that shit. You I don't know not, if I believe it or not. No, I don't know if no I believe way. it or not. But they said that there was legit talk of that going down back then. I mean, Kale was a fucking Kale still is a beast and a monster on the map, but you was just that much better. I can never. I don't know, man. That that that's. A, I've actually never heard that conspiracy theory. I had neither until um, it was. You know who it was? It was um, Rogan, Eddie Bravo, and Uncle Creepy. Oh, during the uh, during yeah, that the, was the the fight night the fight thing. night thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to go back and watch yeah. that because yeah, I did not. I didn't hear that. So what did you guys think? Uh, I th- Travis's post-fight speech was pretty. Or, uh, Derek Lewis's post-fight speech was pretty funny. <laughs> it was fucking awkward. Well, you know, after he got done with the oxygen, yeah, it yeah, it took him ten minutes to get off the mat. Point, he like he basically Travis Brown is unconscious, and Derek Lewis is laid out next to him. Dude, they had Brown out of there quicker than they had Lewis <laughs> up off the mat. <laughs> 
Is Halifax elevated? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> Beast just is not a cardio guy. No. I mean, you could try a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, try a little bit. Run, a, run, run. Just a little. A mile on the treadmill? A okay. day? You know, it's I mean, fine. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm sure he does, but it's it's just like, damn. It doesn't man. show. No, it not took, at all. It took that much out of you. <laughs> he had the boo-boo. That could have been it. We have Ronda Rousey. That'll knock you down. My God, man. Oh, the memes that have come out of that post-fight speech have just been fucking phenomenal. He is not a good promo. No, he's not a good promo at all. <laughs> he's a pretty terrible promo. But, you know, neither is Francis Ngannou because he can't really speak English that well. But I want to watch the two of them fight. I do, too. And that I, would be fun. I think yeah, Ngannou will fucking kill him. I think Ngannou would fucking kill him, dude. dude I think and so. I love Beast. So I, do I. You know, we, you, we, we know. We, we love Beast yeah, here. that's our dude, but... Ngano. Jesus, Ngano's a fucking, he's, he's a freight train. He is like, I think we described it like this, Tony, when we, uh, a couple weeks back. Said Ngano is is here where was where he, we wanted Beast to be at this point. Yeah, okay, Beast yeah, is yeah, yeah. Beast is right about here. Still, we wanted him to be on Ngano's level at this time. Yeah, when Beast started, well, I mean, especially when he beat Roy Nelson and. and you know, it picked up some more steam on that win streak. Yeah, we like, expect him to start we, yeah. progressing and advancing in his skill set, and he hasn't. Zimmerman and Gano yeah, hasn't really the, done that. They fought on the same card a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They, you know, co-headline and headline together in that one this fight against uh, Shamil. But uh, yeah, and Gano definitely has come on a lot stronger and and proven to be a lot more of a legitimate contender than oh, Beast. God. But well, did you say? Didn't you say Lewis was uh, more of a regular guy before he started fighting? Uh, maybe, maybe truck he, driver. Yeah. He's in prison. He's just trying to rely. He knows. He knows he can knock anybody out. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was I a mean, driver yeah. for FedEx or something, something like that. Like that yeah. so I don't. I don't know if it was FedEx exactly, but it was like a parcel service delivery, mm-hmm. something like that. But you're right. He definitely was. He didn't start getting into MMA until his mid twenties. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, he didn't he didn't start late teens, early twenties. Right. Just... And Gano started kinda late though too. Okay, yeah. And he's from yeah. is he he's He's from Cameroon. Cameroon. But he lived in France and he right. trains in France. There it is. In a in a country that bans MMA Yeah. Well he trains. They don't ban you they just they don't have legalized MMA. Right. They it's ban, not banned. They, they ban the competition. Competition, oh. yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. have the competition, which is why we're fortunate enough to get Tom Dukenwa. Thanks, Francis. Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Uh, good fight. Uh, good capper to the card, um, especially coming off the three decisions in a row on the card. Uh, it was nice to get a knockout again. Until Travis leaves that camp, Travis is going to continue to lose fights. No, and this is exactly this was the point that I would Ryan and I got in that argument about because he was saying, you know, well, if with with Edmund not being in the corner, how much is it? The damage is already done. Damage is done, brother. He already put the camp in. Edmund just couldn't get to Canada because he can't. He got the problem. So Edmund couldn't sit there and say head movement, big fucking deal. It would be, he's already he's already taught him all the bad moves. I would be a lot happier if he. Because, I mean, he's already been working with Ricky Lundell, but if he continued his, his boxing training with Ray Sefo, I wouldn't mind. But you got to make some kind of move away from, from Glendale, bro. If you even – I don't even know if he gets another opportunity in the UFC because it's just like four out of five or something. I was shit. just going to ask that if you thought he even had – I mean, how many more could you have losing like that? Yeah, he's lost four out of five. 
Plus him as a person, does he want to keep getting back the hell out? The one that he beat was, was controversial as hell. And that guy's gone from the UFC anyway. It, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that makes any difference to the the brass in the UFC if you know the one dude he beat is the one dude that's gone. I mean, it's a body in the heavyweight division, but I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't I don't know any of that. Um Ronda doesn't exactly have the clout she used to have, so that's not going to save his ass. Uh, yeah, he he's either gone or he might have one fight left, and then he loses another. And I don't expect to see him oh, around he, any longer. He'll either he'll either land on his feet in Bellator for big money, or he's guaranteed a job in World Series of Fighting because right. because of Sefo being one of his cornermen, and Sefo's the president of World Series of Fighting. Comments on that, that was kind of funny. Uh, people were talking about um, how interesting it was that the president of World Series of Fighting was in attendance, but the president of the UFC was not. I, I just a lot of <laughs> snow up there. Yeah, they did get hammered with snow, like 36 fucking inches or something that week, they said. Wow, welcome to Michigan. <laughs> welcome, well, to the, welcome, to the, welcome to the upper regions <laughs> of Canada. Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, in the co-main event, uh, we saw a resurgence from Johnny Hendricks in his first uh, fight at 185. I thought Johnny looked good. Um, not quite where he needs to be, but hey, it, a wins a win over Hector Lombard is a good win. Johnny looked energetic. He looked better than he um, has. He looked like he had. Uh, a lot more fun in there as well. On top of that, he looked... Um, a little fatter. Uh, yeah, 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 but fuller as well and uh, muscular exactly. under some fat. You know, he had, yeah, it was a little flabby. Uh, on the gut, <laughs> yeah. on the gut, but look at it, like his traps yeah, yeah. and his shoulders. They were, much, they were much more muscular. Yeah, his body wasn't so depleted. Um, Jesus, that picture of Hector Lombard needs to be updated because that's like roided Lombard. That's about eight years old. Yeah, well, look at that picture of Johnny. <laughs> that Johnny's about eight. Yeah, that's that's a welterweight picture of Johnny. For sure. Uh, but a healthy welterweight picture. Something, of Johnny. something that Johnny was extremely. He fought smart this uh, this past weekend, and one particular area. Whenever Lombard shot on him, he threw that knee up there, yep. and he fucking cracked those him knees were with those knees. Yeah. They were devastating, and Lombard ate it. He stepped back and went, what the fuck was that? And it didn't, it's not like the knees were knocking out Lombard. It was not like they were um, game ending. No. But they were game changing and they were, it made it to the point where Lombard realized, I can't take this dude down. Every time I try, there was two or three or maybe even four times in a row that he tried, he ate that knee. Yeah, there was was a one, he ate the knee, he caught it and had Johnny. And Johnny still jumped up and hit him with the other knee. Yeah. And then Lombard ended up getting the takedown anyway, but Johnny scrambled real quick. Right. And got off of it, like, super fast. But, yeah, he, he sacrificed the takedown to land that other knee. More, I, I want to see more takedowns out of Johnny still. We say this a lot about Johnny, and it hasn't changed for, like, the past probably eight fights of his. I want to see him utilize his wrestling more. Um my opinion had dipped so low of Johnny Hendricks is hard to to pull that nose out of the dive uh, just because of the way I've seen him lower his his quality over the last four five six fights. Right. 
But this was a step in the right direction. And this was not, this is, maybe Hector Lombard wasn't a ranked fighter, but guys, he's 32 and 4. Yeah, he's a tough guy. And he's Hector Lombard. And he's that guy. Yeah, he's a scary You know, scary he's, he's a bad motherfucker. And he, we even said it, this is not the dude you want to test your new weight against. And he didn't, he went in there and he won. And he won decisively. This wasn't a controversial decision. He won. He beat Hector Lombard. Absolutely. Absolute beat, beat him. Beat him. You know? Badly. Um, good on Johnny. Happy to see him do that because for a very long time, and I can still say I'm a Johnny Hendricks fan, it's just I don't have a high opinion of his skills in the ring until he does more stuff like this. Right. I, I want three, I want two more of these in a row. We're back in the camp. We're back in the Johnny Hendricks uh, fan club. For sure, dude. Oh, dude, I was so so wrong about Hendricks. I uh, I heard about Lombard and I thought, oh, that's that's it. Yeah, we have that new. Go try that new weight class, and uh, you know, there you go. Sorry, you're dead. We we all said the same thing. But damn, he was impressive. Those knees, oh, they're nasty. Like like you guys said, it wasn't stunning them, but it's enough to make him think about it. Yeah, it was doing him some damage for sure. Yeah, they hurt him. They hurt him. It's hard to. it's, It's hard to. KO Hector Lombard flat out with a knee. Oh, I mean, yeah. You, yeah. you can do it, but... Yeah. It took a lot of elbows from Dan Henderson. Yeah. Jeez, man. It takes a lot to KO the dude. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if Johnny's happy, maybe he can uh, it was more, pull a little he was, career resurgence. Yeah. He had energy after three rounds. You for sure. Him after the cage, sure. he, wasn't, he wasn't, like... Gasping for air, he was he was jumping around and moving around. He was excited. He was happy. He was happy to be fighting again. He wasn't like, "Fuck, this is my job and I have to do it and I don't care." It was a it was a complete one eighty for Johnny Hendricks. I haven't seen him like this since before the GSP fight. No, we have not. Definitely not seen any kind of genuine happiness out of yep. Johnny Hendricks like this in the uh, cage. In a maybe long since time. the Campman fight. I mean, I go that far back. Um, it's been a long time, man, and I'm glad to see him back, and I'm glad to see him get uh, uh, resurgence. But I still want to see more wrestling out of you, Johnny. Yeah. You got that's... the skill. You got the ability. He's a world-class wrestler if he wants to be NCAA in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. Two, bad, two bad motherfucker. Champion. Bad motherfucker. One-time national finalist. And he's got that. And on top of that, he does have the death touch, too. This is Joe Rogan said he's like, when I'm calling, I was sitting there calling Johnny Hendricks fights, and he swung that you know that left, and it hit him, but it didn't look like he was swinging it that fast, or it didn't look like he was swinging it that hard. It just looked like he came across and he had a death touch. So when he touched you, you went fucking flying. He said, but even when you're there looking, it doesn't look like it's that strong of a shot. Right. But it's a nuclear fucking bomb when he hits you with it. That so left hand's powerful as shit. Yeah, it, Rug called the death touch. So. I look, you know, keep keep doing that death touch, keep working that wrestling, and uh, what uh, good stuff for Johnny. What do you guys? What do you want to see next for Johnny? Uh, I was just gonna ask who. I mean, he's not ranked, right? No, he. Yeah, no, he probably won't crack. Didn't crack the rankings off of this one, just because uh, he wasn't. Well, what's his face wasn't. Uh, continue to grow. Someone at the bottom, um, a Uriah Hall or LV area. Uh, 
for more oh, of a warm up. If he could beat Alvy, that would be. You know, oh, I'd, I'd love to see him put the left man. hand on Alvy and shut, you know, oh. break a, break a tooth or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, set smile up. Uh, nothing higher than like um, a, a late test right now. Just just yeah. because I don't want to say, oh, he got a big win. Let's let's give him Gegard Musasi. You know, I don't no. want to do. You know, exactly. <laughs> let's let's He's not fighting. do that. This is going to be the resurgence of Johnny Hendricks. Let's do it the right way. Let's let's give him a couple warm ups. Let's give him Sam Alvey, then Uriah Hall, and let's start moving him up to Fat Fat Astelum. I was thinking Fat Astelum, but Fat Astelum, when he beats the piss out of Vitor, is going to jump up pretty high. Right. So let's let's get him between eleven and fifteen right now. I'll keep give him right him in Vitor that range. When Vitor drops, <laughs> that's still a name. You know, you could you know you could sell that a little bit. Yeah, you, you could know, on the sell. on the undercard, but right here. Bosch, Uriah Hall, and Alvy. Aim for those three. Yeah, I think I think either one of those is a good. Uh... They all have a name. They're uh, they're all a, a test. They're not a, they're not uh, you know they're not an exam. They're not a you know a midterm. They're just a test. Yep. Uh, and give them one of those three and see what they can do with that. It's another. It's a payday. It's a warm up at eighty five. I think it's a good test. I like that. I like. I would love to, like Tony said, I would love to see him put his hand on that stupid face. <laughs> Crack a tooth of Alvy. Maybe he won't smile a fucking again. Oh, my God. That would be wonderful. <laughs> or even worse, he couldn't make that stupid, angry face he makes when he fights. What's about the new cat? Oh, God. Kevin T- oh, the guy we caught a bunch of hell for saying he was the hometown kid, even though he's from Newfoundland. Newfoundland. And... Uh, <laughs> They and you, you caught Alfred calling it Newfoundland. And then they build him as the hometown kid and the, mm. the crowd. Uh, that that guy, that, that I'm just they busting did. your balls, Ryan. <laughs> we explained to Ryan that he was born here and fights out of here. Ryan was so angry. It's Ryan, it's okay. It's Newfoundland. I got it. It's all right, Ryan. Cover yourself. Ryan was so fucking stoned. He's so fucked up on He's <laughs> so fucked up off of, like, in whenever it was, Formula 409. I don't know what the I don't fuck know they what had. What the fuck they pumped into that, that apartment, uh, but he was tasting weird shit on the Anti mold juice. <laughs> Over at Ground Zero. Yeah, Gavin, Gavin goddamn Tucker. Holy shit. This kid looked. That kid was awesome. That kid shined. Yes. I would say probably performance of the night, personally. As far as the stage and the veteran that he took out. Yeah, 60, he outstruck him 60 to 10. Dude landed just over three strikes around. And he didn't even land the majority. He had he had six, yeah, as I say, he had six uh, strikes going into the fourth round. Or the third round, I mean. Mm-hmm. And then got four of them in the last round. Yes, he just, just over three strikes around. Yep. Landed 10 strikes total. Um no submissions, no knockdowns, no takedowns, no nothing. And Sam Cecilia is a veteran. Exactly. He was frustrated as fight. He couldn't land a thing. Gavin Tucker was quick. He was fast. He was in and out. He took a takedown. He beat the piss out of him. He boxed him to death. First time I ever seen that Gavin Tucker kid. I don't know if you guys have seen him before. No, uh, no. I think it was, his first, no? it was his no. first performance, I believe. It was the first performance in the, in the UFC? I believe so. I think he was because he was just a shadow guy last week. Yeah. Uh, you guys don't remember seeing him like. In another organization? No, I don't. No? Okay. No, he probably came out of, like, uh, what's that, KFC. Not KFC. <laughs> <laughs> knockout, knockout. Maybe he was hungry. KOC or something. Not King of the Cage either. It's one out of knockout something in Canada. Yeah. Ryan would be able to tell me because he's Canadian and he is the master. All Canadians know each other. He is the master of all things Canadian. So polite. Including Canadian geography. Well, I was impressed by the kid. 
I really oh, was. What got impressed is not even the fucking thought, statement for it. I thought the dude he was moved, an animal. Yeah, I thought he moved so fucking amazing. Looked like a, looked like a little uh, little older Dominic Cruz. He's a Dominic Cruz in the one forty five. Like I can't wait to see what they do with this kid next. Because if he can put on another show like that, he's gonna start cracking the rankings real quick. Not a lot to say about him. He really just walked around and danced around, took him down, beat him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no. There was no uh, opponent for him. Sam Cecilia did nothing. Hit three strikes around. He pieced him up. Bad. In front of his and in front of his hometown and his family and his crowd and everything, and they were all behind him, and it was beautiful. It was, a, it was a good debut. It was a special moment. It really was. Yes. And he didn't. He didn't get uh, fight of the night or performance. Excuse me. No, he didn't. I I gave him myself sure because i think he deserved i thought he would have gotten one too the way he looked man he looked outstanding elias theodoro picks up the win over cesar ferreira decision fight was kind of boring Uh, there wasn't nothing to it really the only the biggest story that comes out of it is some dumb kid tweeted at theodoro that if he if he mentioned him in his post-fight uh speech he would get a tattoo of his face and hair he did, and he did mention him. Yeah, I don't know if the kid ever fucking followed through. Or if the he kid was probably canceled his Twitter and ran away from it. Probably. He got retweeted a lot after that, as soon as that got over. Nelson never goes away on the internet. No, this, ever. I mean, here, find it. there's another example of somebody beating the shit out of somebody. I mean, Cesar Ferrer <laughs> only landed 11 strikes. There was, there was and he only <laughs> threw 38 total. It was not a fun fight to watch, really, no, guys. It was garbage. No. It was garbage. That's moving on. Yes. Uh, Sarah McMahon picks up the submission win. It was good, but quick. Very yes. quick. Uh, Gina Mazzani comes in a little overweight because of two weeks' notice. Uh, but, yeah, McMahon looked good and then called for a title shot, which <laughs> I thought was kind of weird, but okay. But McMahon took her to the cage, just ran, just ripped her down, grabbed that arm triangle, Scooter hips over to get in position, squeezed, and it was over. Yep. That's the fight, guys. That was, that was the fight. That was it. was it. super short. It was a minute and 13 McMahon seconds. McMahon is so built, and she's so muscular that Joe uh, Joe Rogan said when he puts his arm around her to do you know to do the interviews, he said he, when he when his arm's around, for, around and he touches her arm or her side or something, he said it feels like he's touching Gleason T-Ball. She's a monster, He man. said she is so just cut and she's so wrestling. built. She's a... Fucking beast on the mat. I mean, she was our first ever silver medalist. Our medalist in wrestling, period, for the women. Until Helen Morales came around. And Morales. Gina did literally nothing this no, fight. I mean, this uh, was a mauling, guys. Yeah. This was a, a fucking mauling. That was impressive on McMahon's part. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, credit Gina to... was a good sport. Credit to Mazzani. Yeah, credit to Mazzani for taking the, the, short, the short notice yeah. fight and stepping up. And hopefully they give her another opportunity. Because that would suck. Oof. But, yeah. Great ass whooping by Sarah McMahon. Oof. Um, I don't, you know, title shot, no. But Not yet, but, not yet. you know, Sarah McMahon's a veteran who can step in for a title shot if someone cancels at any time. Definitely. You know, the next title shot that's, uh, it's it's Nunez and, fuck is it? Nunez and Jessica, no. It's uh, Valentina, right? Valentina, yeah. So, Valentina gets hurt. No one else would do it. 
Sarah will jump in any time. Yeah. She's the kind of fighter that that can do that at any time. Yeah. I think the first opportunity would probably go to Zingano. Of course. I mean, there's people ahead of her, but, yeah, but Sarah I mean, McMahon but is she's just, game at all she's times. She's always in shape. She's always ready to go. They can count on her yep. all times. Um, Felder. Paul another Felder. ass whooping. Oh, Jesus. Paul Felder beat the brakes off of Alessandro Ricci. Uh, KO in the last minute of the first round last 20 seconds of the first round uh just just like they've said an ass whooping that's all i did man. great it way was, to kick off the card it was crazy man paul felder's got some some of that crazy irish strength in him where his strikes just even if they if they look the same size and they strike the same size the same speed felder's just has something behind it that just there's there's some crazy irish power that he's got and he knocks dudes clean, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And this last week, we all said there was no doubt Felder had this one. Yeah. No I had, doubt. I had no, never wavered on Paul Felder doing the thing. I didn't think it was going to go down that quickly, but it did. Richie did not have a good night. Felder finished him. This is a good main card, guys. Yeah, it was yep. pretty. It was a pretty oh, solid yeah. main card. I mean, it was. Uh, there was some good fights on the prelims too. Uh, some controversy in the mm-hmm. prelims. Um, with uh, Random Marcos and Carlos Esparza. Random Marcos getting the decision win, but a lot of people feeling like Carlos Esparza won the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carla finishing two rounds in control, one uh, in a head and arm at the end of the second round. But Randa getting the better of her on the feet. Four takedowns for Esparza. Uh, two minutes and 11 seconds of control. Yeah. One legit submission attempt. But four out of, I mean, Randa stopped her ten times, so maybe a little bit well, of that. six. Or that's what I meant, four out of ten. She only got four out of ten takeouts. She stopped her six. That's what I'm, sorry. Uh, controversial win, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I seen it for Esparza, too. Uh, I, I did as well, but I'm happy Marcos got the win. Two to one, but you know what? Randa Marcos is a hell of a fighter and a hell of a game opponent and if Esparza wanted to win she should have finished it with the choke and finished the fight and not send it to the judges if she wanted the victory. Right. It's not like it was an overwhelming like what the fuck and, um, and there was argument for that second round between either one of them taking it so. Yeah the second round was pretty close just Carla got the takedown mm-hmm. late in the round and. Even though even though Carla did get that takedown she was um, she was in a transition and almost in a crucifix a lot during Quite that takedown, and Randa was raining blows on her. That was the end of the first. Or maybe it was, okay. That was the end of yeah, the first. Okay. End, so of the the second, first. end of the second, uh, Carla finished on top with the head. She was, had her in the head yeah. and arm. So the first the round. Third, she almost ended in the crucifix. But. Yeah, see, so even though Carla was on top, she was still the one that was taking the shots. Her arms were tied up. Yeah. She, had, she didn't have any control. That shouldn't have counted as control time for Carla because she didn't have it. She right. had no limb under control. She had no head under control. There was no body under control, so she shouldn't have had that time. So I think there's a lot, a lot of misconception of what control really is. Um, Marcos was laying, was was holding her down, and Marcos should have actually had some of that control time when she was laying some strikes in there. So there's, I mean, and the judging part of it, there's an argument for both, and. When I seen it at first, I gave it to Esparza. Looking back, I can see Randa. Either way, yeah, 
A lot of people online were were pretty upset with the decision, but I, whatever, I'm fine with it. Either way, I enjoyed the fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, man, it was a close fight. How about? You... Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. I've got nothing, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you Anthony. I could have called you Anthony, I Jeffrey. I know where the... Jeffrey's here. Jeffrey, <laughs> call the cops. I'm off me chops. <laughs> Babe, did you watch this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Come on, it was funny. It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. Every so oh, I cracked up. Every so often, I gotta throw in the old call the cops and off me chops. But uh, yeah, Randa. What about Randa's uh, post-fight anti-bullying thing that was 100% directed at Carla Esparza for the way she treated her on the Ultimate Fighter? I know you you didn't watch the season. I don't know if you ever did. No, okay. No. Randa was a fucking or not Randa. I'm sorry. Carla Esparza was a fucking bitch. Her Felice Beck Rollins, not exactly then, and even uh, Angela Magano, not exactly the nicest people to people. And uh, they kind of treated <laughs> Randa pretty shitty. So Randa had wanted this fight for a very very long time. Personal reasons. Very or... personal. Oh, okay. Very personal. She didn't really talk any trash in the post fight or the pre fight lead up and stuff like that. She didn't didn't really say much about anything. You know, a lot of people knew about the heat, but it didn't really come up a lot. And then, so yeah, when she brought up that whole bullying thing, that was one hundred percent directed at Mister Mrs. Esparza. Randa's first fight in a while, mm, right? No, not too far. I don't think. I think it's Carla's first in a few months. It's been Carla. It was Carla's first in a while. We walked. We looked at that last yeah. time. It was uh, yeah. She fought back in August. August. Well, yeah. For you know, it's been what eight months, seven months. Yeah, but I think what was it for Carla? It had been like ten months, maybe. Yeah. I think she only had one fight since she lost to Ioana. Yeah, she bought she fought Juliana. Oh, in April. Yeah, so about ten ten months. Yeah, she had one in fourteen, one in fifteen, one in sixteen, not one in seventeen. That's yep. as far as the Yep. Uh yeah, that, the the controversy was kind of just something I wanted to talk about because a lot of people were yelling about controversy. Um I mean, uh, other than that, really, the only other notable thing that happened on the prelims, I mean, besides Eamon Zahabi, uh, brother of Farhasa Zahabi, made his debut in the UFC, didn't looked pretty good in the first round, but after that, looked meh, so-so. Little, little the old UFC jitters caught up with him. But uh, Eamon gets the win. Uh, the highlight, I think, of the prelims was the very first fight. And uh, Tiago Santos... Absolutely. And, and here, okay, this is another one. I have kind of taken this stance on it, and I've watched the fight a couple times, that I think that the stoppage was a little early. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I Marshman was still defending himself, hadn't taken an excessive amount of blows. I mean, that kick put him on fucking out street. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was done. That's what I, I mean, Tiago was probably still going to finish him. But I think the fight stopped a little early. And even Brian Stan called that in the fight yeah, himself. And I've heard a few other people say it. I mean, Jesus, it was a freaking nasty kick. Don't get me wrong. But give the guy a chance to fight it out a little bit. See what happens. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe a little bit too early. He's probably going to, like you said, probably going to finish it anyway. I don't think it really affected the outcome. Um, but we've seen guys that... Uh, 
that have come back from shit like that before. Yeah. And have ended up, I mean, I've seen, we, a guy we're going to talk about here in a second from, uh, from Bellator, we've seen Czech Congo. Czech Congo was all but dead, and I forget against who it was. And they let the fight keep going, and he came back and KO'd the dude flat. So, um, there's that thin line because you don't want to wait too far either because then you're, you know, you let them take too much damage. Do you remember who who was in charge of this fight? Um, oh, Keith Peterson, maybe? I, try, I mean, I Keith's not the best, but he's definitely not the worst. Um, so I, I don't know if it was if it was way too early, but it was definitely a little bit too early. I just I don't think it was like a, oh my god that was the the worst early stoppage I've ever seen, but I definitely felt like it was early. I watched it again. I still felt like it was early. I watched, I I said it was early live, and then we we watched it again the other yeah. night, mm-hmm. and I said it again. I was like, this is this was just a little bit early. Sure. I think Marshman. Do I think Marshman was going to still you know, come back and win the fight? No, but I mean, give the guy a chance to at least sure. recover a little bit and then fight it out. Um, pretty sweet submission on the fight pass prelim. I don't know if you got to see it or not, Dave. I didn't watch that. Oh, one. dude, Gerald Mershant. You should. <sighs> Gerald Mershant caught a sweet armbar by playing wrist control from the bottom. His nineteenth submission. Victory. That's a wow. Not in the UFC, but his 19th yeah, yeah. submission victory. And it was nasty. It was nasty, wow. dude. He was setting up for it like the entire time because he he was doing some pretty good work on the feet. He caught Ryan James with a good shot, and that's what Ryan when it led Ryan to take him down. Um, but when he got to the ground, uh, Merchant was just playing this wrist control on the left wrist. And trying to work his hips up to go over, and he finally had it long enough and flipped his hips and just pff, it was over. Unbelievable. Over, like they, he didn't even get it fully extended. That's a cat to watch out for. Definitely, he's nasty, and he and he said in his post fight, he goes, "I don't understand why people keep taking me to the ground. I have 19 submission victories. Guys, don't take me to the ground. You will get tapped." Well, isn't James a Black belt? James is a black yeah. belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. as well, by the way. He made him look, look average. Like a, yeah, yeah, he made he him look like terrible. A, like he a did. day one rookie. Yeah. So, um, during this fight night with Rogan, um, uh, during this card, um, Eddie Bravo said the face grease has to go. Yep, I did hear that. I watched or, part of it. Or everyone should fight in rash guards. Because they're greasing, it's one thing to grease the, the face if there's a cut to close it, but they're greasing their face just walking in, uh, just walking into the cage. They're right. Grease, and that, when they grease up the face like that, and they start sweating, and you shoot for you know a double leg or something, that, that grease gets all over their stomach, and then right. it gets all over their legs. And now all of a sudden, you're popping out of submissions instead of using technique, all you're doing is using grease. And they said in between rounds, they're greasing up their head even more. And sometimes, you know, back of their neck, they'll, they'll you know, they'll rub the, the grease on here. And said so they're, they're, they're getting out of submissions they shouldn't get out of just by pulling their head up because every everywhere is full of this fucking grease. So you think, you think uh, maybe fighters are trying to take advantage? That's yeah. what he thinks. Well, he yeah, thinks he, me up. I mean, he thinks even uh, he was saying like the night before 
he's heard of people like laying, uh, getting into bathtubs full of baby oil, mm-hmm. and then the baby oil soaks into your skin, and you can't even tell until you start sweating, and then it starts coming out your pores. You start sweating baby oil instead of sweat. Huh. And so he said, if you had to fight in rash guards, it would completely. You're not cheating. You're not trying. To completely nullify that. But then Uncle Creepy said, bro, I don't like to fight with clothes on. <laughs> right. I couldn't. I don't know, man. Fighting with rash guards is going to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So that was something that they brought up during this particular fight night. Uh, their fight companion that uh, Rogan and them did. Something for everyone to think about. Um, Eddie Bravo makes some good points. And he's uh, he's he's a jujitsu genius. So... He's got the experience to think about it and, and make, some, make some good points about that. Maybe it does make a difference. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a Tower 7 deal and Eddie's just off his fucking rocker. Who knows? Eddie's not exactly the most stable man in the universe. No. Holy shit. I forgot that Rashad was fighting on UFC 209. Rashad's looking real freaking cut. He, remember how he looked when he was getting ready for that last fight against... No, I remember. He looked amazing. Yeah, he's looking just the same, man. 85 might be the... But Dan Kelly is a fucking animal. He is, but, you know... You're dropped still looking good, man. You're get dropped on your goddamn head. Fuck. Uh, overall thoughts on the card? Excellent. Uh, B, B-. minus. Not a bad card. Not a great card. Some good stuff. Some boring stuff. You know, some, some controversy. Some, uh... Well, everything that I wanted to see for... Uh, the uh, non-pay-per-view, I enjoyed it still, quite a bit. Still better than UFC 208. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Still better than UFC 208. Oh. Not for Jockery, would have gotten an F. Yeah, God, that yeah. was the worst. Tony, uh, how'd you feel about the card, man? Oh, I got about a B on that. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, like you said, Dave, it was good for, for a non-pay-per-view. It was entertaining. I guess we just gotta watch them stoppages. Oh God, these are these just refs that train them refs, man. Yeah, that's the problem. That is the problem. Uh, so you know, in our continued attempt to cover other or organizations, we are going to talk a little bit about last week's Bellator card that was supposed to have Matt Mitrione taking on Fedor. But uh, that fight got canceled uh, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday. Yeah, what a bummer, man. Yeah, Mitrione had to pull out because of kidney stones, which, Dave, you know better than all of us. Hey, man, there's few pains more, few pains greater for a man than a fucking kidney stone. It doesn't get much worse than that, man, and I've had almost all of them. They are fucking killers, and he had six. He's got six stuck in there. Holy cow. Yeah. It's just He's not going to be able to pass them. He's got to go to a Dr. Knudsen. It's a doctor I've seen before. And Dr. Knudsen is an endocrinologist who's going to get him uh, hooked up with another urologist. And they're going to go in there together uh, and cut those out, put in a stent. And it's, it's just a lot of work to be done. Um, he passed one, at least, because I, yeah. I saw him tweet something about it. He passed it at the Dallas airport. Yeah, yeah. He took some Flomax and passed one. Yeah, I'm on Flomax today, still on it, as an everyday basis, because I get so many fucking stones. Right. Um, so I take Flomax on a daily, you know. Um, 
with six like that, he's not going to pass them. They're going to get jammed up. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to bottleneck. They, they got to get cut out of there. Oh. Uh, he's, and, you know, uh, having... I can't believe he didn't notice that they were there until fight day. Going through all this training, going through everything that you have to go through, um, you know, dehydrating to make weight. I mean, he doesn't really have to cut any weight, I guess, to make 265, you know, meat doesn't. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, the kind of diet that you have, the water you drink, and, you know, how much you have to pee with how much water, you know. I, I figured he would have noticed it coming on m- much sooner, but... Maybe he did. He thought, uh, but just, uh, yeah, it's tough to It is what it is, then, you know. Uh, maybe it's just training pains, you know. Yeah. Because it it's not like it's not like the pain is like feels like it's right in your. It feels like back pain. Yeah, it's like just like like lower back. back pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we could all have kidney stones sitting in our bodies right now and not know they're there. If things filter through and go through fine, you never know it's there. Right. It's when the stone decides to cut off. Um, the flow of you know urine to go out that's when pain starts coming in it's like oh i was supposed to pee and now i can't uh, that's that's where the pain comes in so he could have had those in there for a long time years and just never known about it because wow. everything was working fine did but, not did not know that about stone yeah oh absolutely yeah you could have some in there right now probably you know you never know um so we lost the fight with fedor because of it yeah, they actually tried. Uh, a couple people were willing to step up. Chael Sonnen actually was offering to go up to heavyweight. Yeah, but they said no. They said no. We have other other plans for Chael. Yep. So they moved uh, Patricky Pitbull and Josh Thompson up to the main event, and uh, Patric- they delivered. Oh God, Patricky delivered. Yeah. <laughs> first, he was the first one to knock out Thompson. I, I read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, first one ever to knock out Josh Thompson. Thompson's been through some wars. Bro. Yeah, man. Gil, Gil couldn't even put him out. But, I mean, he's older. He's been through a lot of shit. But Patricky Pitbull can, can fucking throw. And he uh, K- ended up KOing him in the, in the second uh, two. round. Yeah, yep. Uh, Czech Congo was also on this card and uh, picked up the unanimous decision 30 26 30 25 and 30 25. I like Czech Congo. He's he's a veteran. I liked him in UFC. He was he was never going to be, a, you know, he's not a contender. He's just a scary scary dude. But they wanted him to be a contender. They I tried know. to push him up there and he got his ass kicked. I just I there's just something about the guy. I like him. He seems like that gentle giant dude that would, you know, he could literally rip you in half or, you know, he'd go out in the Sudan and hunt with a spear. And kill a lion for dinner. Yeah, he's a crazy motherfucker. You know, it just he seems like that kind of guy. And he he put the fucking hammer down on Ollie Thompson, man. 25, he, he two, uh, two 10-8 rounds from each guy. I haven't seen two 10-8 rounds in a long time. No. You know, that's how he got a 30-25 score is 10-8, 10-8, 10-9. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, I don't remember. You know, that's how, you know, and two judges gave him two 10-8 rounds. I mean, that's that's putting the fucking beat down to a dude. Yeah, a lot of a lot of top control, a lot of a lot of business. This, a lot on the feet. If this was Czech Congo 10 years ago when he had more strength into him, he would have finished him. But, you know, Czech's older. Um, he's an elder statesman now. He's He's got to be well almost he's into like his 40s. He's like 41. Yeah, 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 man. He's old as shit. Um, but I, I've always liked Czech, and, I, and oh, I'm, sure. I'm good on him for this victory. 
Uh, the other thing of note really was uh, Josh Koscheck making his uh, debut for Bellator. And the other thing of Josh Koscheck making his quick debut getting, in Bellator. Getting his ass beat. <laughs> He's got to be done, man. That eye is fucked. Every time he gets hit, he covers that eye up. Like, that eye is fucked up. My Uncle Jim from Colorado messaged me, and uh, I haven't talked to my Uncle Jim in a long time. Um, he's and, the one you were telling me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He messaged me from Colorado, but he's like, he's like, what about your boy Koscheck or whatever he said? And he's like, that's an old school name I haven't heard in a long time. He just happened to see the the headline from it and knows that I like MMA. Right. He's not MMA. He doesn't give a shit about it. And I was like, I couldn't believe that uh, Koscheck even came out and fought again. There's yeah. no reason for him to do it. He doesn't have anything left in the fucking tank, guys. There's nothing left in that Koscheck tank. No, man. He was there just was not much in there to begin with, to be honest to with you. I never felt like Koscheck had a whole lot of talent to give. He won some fights. Sure, he did some decent stuff. Sure, but he was never an elite fighter to me. No. I never felt like and I Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe someone out there can argue with he, the fact that it, but... He had sparks of it. <clears throat> I mean, especially at the time, because... George had gone through everybody. It gave him another contender, and he, him and George had some good fights. But, well, George had a good fight. George See? fucked George fucked that eye See? up. George is the one that damaged the shit out of that exactly. eye, though. He jabbed the piss out of it. Yes. Jabbed the piss out of it. But, um, yeah, Bellator continuing. There were some other good fights on the card of Vita Ortega defeating Brooke Mayo for the 125 Pound division, uh, James Terry gets a TKO or technical decision. Um, other than that, names really nothing much. But uh, Bellator still, you know, they're putting on good cards. They've got another card coming up this week on Friday. Yes. Uh, teaming up once again with Irish promotion Bama. I'm looking forward to this fight, their main event. Yeah, uh, the main event, especially my man Liam McGarry that I've, I've, I've talked about many times on the show and uh, the former uh, UFC or, Bellator light heavyweight champion, recently losing to Paul Davis. He's getting his first fight back since losing it. He was originally supposed to take on uh, Chris Fields, who was an Irish sensation for the Bellator. But uh, Chris had an injury or an illness or something come up this week, had to pull out. They've since changed McGeary's opponent uh, twice since Chris Field. Uh, There was another guy, I can't think of his his last name, was uh, Flipovich, similar to uh, Krokop, obviously. He pulled out. I haven't been able to find a reason why. I've uh, I've asked a couple of Irish reporters what the hell happened with uh, with him, but now uh, Brett McDermott, who I guess is a, a UK hmm. long since just recently retired fighter, stepping back in on short notice to take on Liam McGeary. I, I got Liam McGeary. I'm looking forward to Liam fight again, man. He's uh, he's a great fighter to watch. Um, I've only seen a couple fights of his, and. Uh, um, because Bellator is just kind of touch and go for me, or was for a while, but trying to expand my my viewing of MMA into Submission Underground and um, Legacy and, and so forth. Uh, Bellator is, uh, is an American company, so I have to kind of support it as well. And we like to report on it now as well. And um, They're putting on good cards, especially this. They're picking things up. Dude, they're, they're, what, they're, sure doing, well. what, yeah. what yeah. they're doing right now in the U.K., they're putting on better cards in Ireland and, and England than the UFC is. Yeah. These teaming up, because this is their second card in Ireland in the last few months. They did Dublin a couple months back and ended up having to scrap the main card and, and put it on with, uh, it was King Mo and some somebody from Japan, I don't remember. 
But this was at least they had. There was supposed to be an Irish guy and an English guy taking on each other. Uh, the main event that really is going to make a difference is going to be the co-main event, and that's uh, James Gallagher, who I'm sure not many of you know who he is. But this kid is 19 years old and uh, trains at SBG. Is has been lighting things up in Bellator since he got in there. Was lighting things up in Bama. Uh, been fighting off and on professionally since he was like 13 years old. I am excited to see this kid. James Gallagher. I'm excited is an to see this kid. Animal man. He he is an absolute animal, and uh, very good jujitsu. Great striking. Uh, I, there's a lot of big. There's a lot of big potential here for for James Gallagher. Nice. And uh, hopefully, he does well here. You know, depending on his contract situation, eventually we see him in the featherweight division in the UFC. But. 19 years old, guys. Keep whole, an eye. Keep an eye on that name. No, whole career ahead of him. A lot. Undefeated. Nine and zero. Five and zero. Sorry. Five and zero, and he's 19. Yeah. Wow. Also fighting on the card is uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. That's a, another name that I have mentioned before in the uh, the female lightweight division. She could. She also fights at uh, featherweight. Um, so there's potential for her to come in to the UFC eventually but also another spg person but uh taking over the undercard of the fight so bellator has the main card and then the undercard will be a bunch of bama fighters uh norman park is taking on raising my daddy two former ufc fighters oh, Norman, norman yeah i don't know where we can see the bama portion of the card in in america because it's, it's not even listed on here it's not because yeah it's spikes only showing the bellator part gotcha uh bama go yeah they're supposed to be working huh. <laughs> they're supposed they're 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 cross promoting together, but you know Spike won't carry Bama, so I don't know where you you, you can find Bama online. Maybe maybe I'm sure there's a way. There are some good fights coming up on that Bama card, so that sounds good. Yeah, uh, let's get into a little news before we get out of here. Let's do this. All right, so you just broke this story to me, so I'll let you take it. There was a, a bus today in Miami. There was um, the the Budokan University. Uh, gym area plus it was tied into the iron addicts gym area so kind of two gyms in one and the iron addicts got popped for this 10 million dollar steroid ring um it happened to be ufc vet josh berkman was at the budokan uh university gym working out at the time the iron addicts got popped so uh before we go any further josh berkman completely fine no charges against him it was the there was a total other area you can see pictures of josh berkman uh you know sitting standing there with dea and swat team and stuff um so there's this uh we don't know of any ufc fighters that may have uh, that may be tied to this yet um but when you see something like this this these huge steroid rings getting taken down a lot of, especially one this big with it as a $10 million ring and her, you know, um, and multiple gyms being tied to it. Um, it's only a matter of time before we find out there's at least some big name athletes tied to it, whether it be MMA or basketball or football or there's soccer or something. There's always the pro wrestling. If it's not a sport, it's, you know, sport like stuff. So, um, this is just the beginning of this, this story guys. Um, I'll be keeping tabs on this closely. Again, this is down in Miami, Florida. It happened. Um, it just happened today. And the popular Iron Addicts gym is the one that went down. 
and got busted with the 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 ring. So not a lot to say yet until everything's arranged and the investigation, you know, the names start coming out. Um, it just so happened that, like I said, that Josh Berkman was there, uh, but he's not in any kind of trouble. Uh, so, so uh, see, Tony, want to talk about this one? Yeah, Tony was actually the one that brought this up. Um, Tony Ferguson did an interview yesterday. Yeah, it was Facebook Live. Yeah, where he actually. where he talked about how the money has made Conor McGregor soft. So my problem with Facebook, man, you get on there and run your mouth. Look, I like I like smack talk as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it, but man, you might be biting off bigger. Than, I mean. You still got fight, Khabib, and I don't know about. I'm a big Tony Ferguson supporter, but I do not know about that fight. Khabib yeah. is a monster. We've talked I about it here can. too. I mean, are you trying to set it up that you can get that win against Khabib? Yeah, then Connor works his way back to UFC. I mean, I see where you're going. That's that's all well and good, but it's the money. Maybe he's jealous of the money. I don't know. I just maybe uh, he is. I just thought uh, of all things, or or maybe just in general of all the people to take a shot at. Uh, why was it Connor? Here's the thing, and, and I'm going to agree with you here, and I'm going to tell you what I'm what I'm sick, and, and I'm sick of. You're right. I'm sick of that, but I'm sick of every conversation turning into Connor. You know, I took Daisy, my dog. I took her to the vet the other day. She had to have some kind of, she had some injury in her back. She had uh, like a tumor she had to have removed. And the vet said, well, this is all fine and good, but I was hoping to get Conor McGregor's dog next, you know. Every fucking place I go, everybody wants to talk about goddamn Conor. Unprompted? Just had to, you know. Every fighter talks about Conor, right? Heavyweights are calling out Conor. Lightweights are calling out Conor. Middleweights are calling out Conor. Uh, the people that drive food to the the arenas are calling out Connor. Uh, they they Connor's you can't smart. they can't have a, a, an interview without a person calling out Connor, telling him whether he's good, bad, money's made him soft. I want to fight him. I don't want to fight him. This or that. You they they don't. His mouth. His word is in every. Or his name is in everybody's mouth. Everybody's, and it's gonna take one guy. The smart guy is going to come out and say, I don't care. Don't even mention me his name. He's, he's a pussy. Leave him alone. And that's going to be the guy that kind of says, okay, I want to fight him. And that's the guy that's going to get paid, and that's going to be the smart guy that just lets him be in his own world. Um, I'm really getting tired of of every interview res- resorting to uh, and ending up being uh, a discussion on Conor McGregor. Yeah polarizing figure extremely and i like watching him fight and i don't oh, have anything love against him fight. yeah man and oh. i don't have anything against him personally i think what he's done for the sport has been pretty good because he's got a lot of eyes on it um, um there's some things i don't like i don't want to i don't you know i want to see him fight not box i want to see him do some stuff you know um i think i think some of his uh his pre-fight antics get a little out of control yeah you they know, do I, I know you're a wrestling fan dave yeah, uh, yeah. but oh yeah sometimes i kind of think uh he's kind of you know uh, the theatrics i guess well yeah uh, yeah i am but but he I, gets people talking he gets them riled yeah up. i also say on here and i'm strictly for this i say look i am a wrestling fan but i want my wrestling separate from my mma oh, i don't want that shit in my fair. mma my mma is my sport Wrestling is my is my Transformers and my Lord of the Rings, and that's all my fantasy stuff. That's separate sure. from my football and my MMA and my baseball, and that stuff's different. That's my sport. Yep. So, and that was one of the big things I had a problem with Bellator 
because they were doing those pro wrestling style intros, you know, where they play the, they had the the images on the the big Titan Tron, and they'd carry him down, and like if the guy was the king, they they'd have a crown on his head and a scepter, and they'd carry him down on a litter. It's like, bro, no, this is MMA. You know, when you you walk in like it's boxing. You know, you got the you know you put the rope on and you got the gloves on. You walk in like boxing. That's what MMA does. You don't do it like pro wrestling. I like my wrestling separate from my MMA, but. Um, and when it comes to this one with, with Tony and Connor, um, I want Tony to have the Connor fight because Tony's a friend of ours. Tony's a friend of the show. Tony's a friend of mine. I've known him for, for 20 years. Um, I know his family. I know his dad. His dad's a hard-working blue-collar dude. I want that friend of ours to, to get the million-dollar fight. Oh, to have, do well for sure. To have that million-dollar payday to put in the bank for his son and his and his beautiful wife, but I don't. I'm I'm just tired of hearing about it all the time. That's all, and you know. Yeah, I'm good with that. And I better get used to hearing about it though, because I'm going to be hearing a lot more about Connor as the the days go on. I got you so riled up. We're talking about see? him. You know, I mean, see, that's just what happens. I don't want to talk about it, and I talked about it for the past seven minutes. <laughs> 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 see, see all that fucking shit happens. Those two got into it today in that conference call. That's what I was just reading. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. A lot of fucking shit was thrown around between the two of them. Tony just talking a ton of shit about how fucking... The first thing he said is, look, man, if somebody doesn't piss me off, I'll finish them in the first round. This dude pissed me off, so I'm going to drag him into deep waters and make him deal with a hammerhead. Drag him to the murky waters. Um, what else is, uh, there's, there's a lot of shit. He goes, everybody knows I make this fight, and Tony, this is from Habib. So everybody knows I make this fight, and Tony knows I make this fight because he tried running away. I asked you about money, why don't you take the money? I asked you about $200,000, that's big money in the USA. Tony's, you know, says, I don't want your fake-ass money. Uh, you can keep your money, wipe your ass with it, do whatever the fuck you want. Why don't you donate it? And then they, they just they they cut each other off for pretty much the whole time. Really, okay. you know Tony's like telling them to calm down and shit. And uh, wow, well, I'm gonna go back and listen to that. When yeah, we're yeah, here. it's it's definitely worth listening to. It's Maybe like I'll a half post hour. it on the page. Yeah, it, ha- it was like a half hour conference call, mostly dominated a lot by Tony and Habib yelling at each other. I gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, speaking of Connor and Floyd, yeah, here's uh. This one, to be fair, was talked about before Connor and Floyd, right? It had been talked about for a long time, yeah. It just kind of batted around as an idea. But now that Connor and Floyd may be a, a legit possibility, yeah, Roy Jones is they're certain. drumming this one back up, yeah. yes? Yeah, Roy Jones versus Anderson Silva. Um, I think it was actually Anderson that was um, saying for a long time he wanted to box Roy Jones. Roy Jones Jr. was such an exciting boxer to watch. Guys. Yeah. I don't know if you guys dug uh, boxing during that time, uh, during that era. Not really. I've never. I, I kind of peaked with my boxing during the Tyson. Tyson Holyfield was probably it. Uh, no, I still was watching when he fought Lewis. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, yeah. shortly after that, and then I, I've always paid attention to Floyd because he was from Michigan, even though he doesn't give two fucks about Grand Rapids. You never paid attention to Floyd because he's a dick. Um, There's that too. I was in New Jersey. When Roy Jones Jr. boxed that heavyweight, 
remember his, I don't remember his name. He's a big Russian dude. Uh, Klitschko? Yeah, there you go. One of the Klitschko brothers? Yeah. Vladimir, probably. Yeah, so Roy Jones Jr. put on like, I don't know, he put on like 30 pounds to do it. He was, he was, a, he was big, but he wasn't heavyweight big. And he wasn't heavyweight tall. He didn't have heavyweight reach. Um, and we, so we were in Jersey and we hooked up this, uh, they had, uh, has my, oh, fuck it, I'll drop names. These guys don't know. It was my, my ex's brother's best friend, Billy. Billy brought over this illegal cable box, plugged it in, we hooked it up, and we all watched the Roy Jones Jr. box the heavyweight. And it was a way different fight than a regular Roy Jones Jr. fight because he wasn't able to box around, do those crazy fucking combos because he's fighting a heavyweight with reach. Right. About nine inches longer than him. Right. And the fight was so rigged and it was so jacked that, you know, um, Roy barely touched him. He could barely hit him. He couldn't get in there. And, and Klitschko was just boxing him to death. They gave the decision victory to Roy Jones Jr. over a heavyweight that beat his ass for 12 rounds. Wow. Shit was flying in the ring. They were. They had to grab Roy Jones Jr. and run him out, and Klitschko was just standing in the ring like this, and they were cheering for him. I mean, it was it was a riot, you guys. And they this was this was one of the bigger fixes that I seen in the late '90s uh, for boxing. Right. It was like, oh man, you guys are going way downhill because this this Klitschko did beat his ass, and uh, I know nothing about Klitschko, but he I know he was six six, and I knew he was two hundred and fifty pounds. And I knew Roy Jones Jr. was 5'8", and I knew he was 165 pounds, and he had put on a lot of weight. Oh, it was Vitaly Klitschko. Okay. It was that middle, yeah, middleweight versus heavyweight, yeah, yeah. back in 2012. No, no, this is no. way longer than that. I was in Jersey during that time, brother. It must have been Vitaly, then. I don't know. Look up Roy Jones Jr. versus he- Roy Jones Jr. heavyweight. I'll find it. I did. I typed in Roy Jones Jr. versus heavyweight, but he just keeps giving me John Ruiz and Antonio Tarver. John Ruiz is who we fought in 2002. Does that sound right? Might have been 202. Yeah, 2002. Might have been John Ruiz. Yeah, he. I think he did fight Klitschko, the other Klitschko, but he just keeps showing me John Ruiz. But it was it was so it was such a rigged fight, man. But before that. I really enjoyed watching Roy Jones Jr.'s fights because um, because of his style, his his speed and his technique and his uh, his combinations that he threw were were outstanding. They were completely out of you know. I know the saying is out of nowhere now. It's ridiculous, but they were. I mean, you could he could pop a pop. pop. Um, but how? I mean, Roy Jones Jr. is not young anymore. But Anderson Silva's not young anymore either. Neither one of these two are in their prime. I don't right. know. I don't know. I'd watch it, of course, but I'm not excited to see it. No, I mean it would be good as part of that card. It would uh, bolster things a little bit more with that card, and, and I think help sell more pay per views. But were they were going to contest it in MMA or boxing rules? Roy and and Rand, or Anderson boxing, and they were going to put it on what card? They were talking about it being the co-main event with 
uh, Floyd and Connor. Floyd and Connor. That's the idea that Roy Jones pitched out. Yeah. It was that they wanted to, to have that be the Connor. The I'm not event. excited for either of the fights, to be MMA, honest. But MMA I would versus boxing. You're gonna wa- we're gonna watch. I would it, never oh, totally fuck it. watch it. You know, I would never no. miss it. You know, no. I'd, I'd love to have you three. You know, you oh, two yeah, boys. Dude, we're doing a fight down here. If that happens. You know, if it goes down. You know. Man. We're doing a total fight. Give that. you to a, your small little chronic break. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's do one more, and then let's uh, let's get you boys out of here because I'm going to go check on Ryan and see how he's doing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check on Ryan right now, and uh, you guys can get the lead in for the, the final news article of the day. So for the final news of the day, uh, Bellator has filed a suit against the UFC to um, to prevent their own private information from being used in the UFC's antitrust suit. Uh, we've talked about this on the show a long time. Actually, this is the first news in a while about the anti-suit, antitrust suit that uh, we've discussed since, I don't know, pretty early in the show. Uh, but... Back, it was like fighters like uh, Nate Quarry and some other former UFC fighters all filed uh, an antitrust suit, uh, basically claiming that the UFC made unfair practices and uh, competition things. So Bellator now has stated that the subpoenas, they were subpoenaed to give uh, their their information about contracts and uh, their business stuff. Uh, out and Bellator has stated that the subpoenas improperly seek trade secret and other sensitive information protected from disclosure. They are overboard and un, uh, unduly burdensome, and this information cannot be adequately protected by the litigants' stipulated protective order. So basically, the UFC was trying to show that Bellator you, that you can basically make money in Bellator and that they they don't have a monopoly and they're not eliminating competition because that's been a lot of the claim with the Reebok deal and all that other shit is that they're eliminating competition by buying out other organizations and eliminating money from fighters. Uh, but you can definitely go make money in Bellator. Yeah, and they're trying to get, uh, you know, they want their... Justin Gagey uh, has shown you can definitely make money in World Series of Fighting. They want their contract specifics, too, to see how they're paying them, yeah. what kind of structured pay they're getting, what kind of sponsor pay they're getting, uh, partially because they know that Reebok's a, a fail, and they want to see what Bellator is doing for sponsor pay. I'm, I'm thinking, this is all just conjecture for me. They want to see how, uh, if they're... If Bellator is getting any kind of cut from their sponsors, if that's oh, I, how they're doing, I, I mean, wouldn't be they surprised. just want to see how they're, you know, how how the competition's paying their their employees, so that they can see if they're overpaying, underpaying, why people are starting to to jump to Bellator from UFC. That's you know, smart. Not they're not jumping in droves, but you know, once once guys like Rory McDonald start to move, you got to start to wonder, Jesus Christ, oh, yeah, Rory, what, what am I fucking doing here? Lorenz Larkin, Rory, yeah, all them the not not big name fighters. Or you go to Reebok, you just lost your extra cash. Yep. Yeah, if you yeah, if you, you only fought, I mean, if you only fought twice in the UFC, you get what fifteen hundred bucks from right. from Reebok instead of the eight thousand you would have got from your sponsors. Yeah, the the four or five companies that you might have had sponsoring you. Right, you cut it down to one. Yeah, Uncle, I was Uncle Creepy's again on the fight campaign. Said he lost eight like eight thousand dollars a fight. Which, wow! I mean, that's, well, that's wild. <laughs> Uncle I mean. Creepy's losing his own money by not being able to make a fight. So five fights. He's lost. He's been pulled out of five fights in a row. He said that. Is it only five? He said in the show. I thought it was higher. I thought it was like eight. He said he's been pulled out of five fights in a row. Injury? Some. 
Some have, some last second illness. Shit. Some last second illness. Um, some were opponent. Well, I think one was opponent, but four was him. Wow. Yeah, he he was. Uh, um, just, like I said, he was just on the Rogan show with him and Eddie Bravo. And, yeah, he uh, did the fight companion, and he's the one that dropped the line that uh, we just pulled out of a fight two weeks ago. Yeah, two nine or two eight. Two eight. Sorry. Um, He's the one that did the recording of Joe Rogan saying that Todd Grisham was a bitch, or no, that nobody that UFC wasn't uh, impressed with Todd Grisham. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I did catch some of that. Yeah, it's Todd Grisham, the old WWE announcer who sucked in WWE. I posted this on the page. Yeah, you suck in WWE if you can't get the job done in WWE, where everything's scripted and everything's handed to you, and you know what's going to happen ahead of time. You're not going to be able to get the job done where you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to go fly. Exactly. Yeah. Initially, I didn't think Todd did a bad job on the first the first watch through. Well, yeah, second watch through because I did okay. I passed out a lot during the the early. <laughs> See, I think it wasn't bad, but I was kind of stoned. Well, so. okay, no, no, well, yeah. <laughs> huh? Shh, huh? Listen, huh? no, Tony, kind huh? of, kind of, yeah. But I also, I also drove back and forth the night before from Detroit, so I was all fucking tired and shit anyway. So he was hungover and stoned. I hung over because <laughs> I drove. I didn't drink. You didn't drink at all. I had one beer. That's when you got home. No, it was 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. I went to bed. Sometimes. Sometimes, brother, you know. 1 o'clock in the morning is my cutoff to start drinking. Oh, okay. I was fair, fair enough. Everybody's got to have the cutoff. Don't start. start. If I don't start after 1, I don't start. start (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I just drove back from across the state. Drinking was not an idea. I I just wanted to go to fucking bed. I was exhausted. Who would you go over there for? Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels, that's right. Yeah, went to see Run the Jewels. Had a great time. As a side note, I'll put a pin in the fucking MMA stuff. How was Run the Jewels? They were fucking phenomenal. Awesome. Awesome. New shit? Any new shit you haven't heard before? Not new shit I haven't heard before. Well, live, yeah. They played a lot of their new album that they just released. But uh, just great show. I mean, packed fucking house. High energy from the time they hit the stage to the time they got done. They they come out to fucking We Are the Champions. Mm -hmm. And then just off we go. I have a fucking... I'm a hip-hop snob. If you haven't, if you weren't recorded from 1986 to 1999, if you weren't Gangster Rap, if you weren't influenced by Pac and, you know, uh, you know Richie Rich and, and Too Short and Down to Master P, Outkast, Goody Mob, up to, you know, up to Biggie and, and Nas and Wu-Tang and Keith Murray and those guys, and then to the Midwest, like Brother Lynch, Do or Die, if you weren't in that kind of era, I usually don't like you and I think you're garbage, and that's only because I'd been, I'd been so exposed to mumble rap and such of this oh, other stupid God, garbage that I didn't give much other stuff a chance. And when, when Jeff would, would tell me about Ron the Jewels, I was like, all right, I just, I didn't give him a chance because I had been exposed to so much shit. Fast forward to about two weeks ago, um, Jeff used Run the Jewels song as an intro for, for our, his very first uh, song intro. When we were doing the, the new intro stuff. And I was like, fucking awesome. This is, is this is fucking great. That song is my shit. I don't remember what song it was. Close your eyes and count to fuck featured, featuring Zach De La Roca. How fucking awesome is that? And I like, love Zach De La Roca too. On top of that, but it's all about I was like, police brutality. And I was shit. like, this song's fucking great. So I I go over to uh, YouTube and I listen to that song in full. It's fucking great. And I just let YouTube go on its auto next autoplay, and it goes through. And I'm not listening to you know just 
uh, album song one through eight. I'm listening to whatever the fuck YouTube right. brings up next, mm-hmm. and they're bringing up stuff from like 2012, mm-hmm. and they're bringing up stuff from 2016, and they're bringing up going back to 2014. They're yep. just bouncing all over the place, and I'm having a great time listening to these guys while I'm playing Mortal Kombat. They're fucking phenomenal. And usually that when that's over on that side, it's usually like something old from Pac, you know, All Eyes on Me, you know, something like that, Me Against the World, or it'll be something like that while I'm playing it. And I'm listening to it, and I'm listening to Run the Jewels, and I had nothing but a great time. I have nothing but fucking awesome, awesome, awesome experience with those guys. Um, I want to check them out next time they're live. Their live shows are phenomenal, yeah. man. And I don't go to live shows because, you know, I can't. I yeah, can hardly yeah. stand up, so... Next time you got a live show like in Grand Rapids where they got seats or something where I can go and fucking chill and sit down, but there's a live show you fucking. I got you. I gotta go, brother. Yep, we I got, gotta go. We got you, brother. Because I want to see these guys live. I'm I'm absolutely a fucking fan. They'll be back around. They they, they usually tour an album at least like two solid years, or a year and two, a half or so. Two, two loops. Two loops. Yeah, yeah. They'll do because they're out on like every. They're on, like, a shitload of festivals this year. They're doing summer camp. I'm pretty sure they're going to be on Bonnaroo. Like, big festivals, they're on it. So they'll do the festival loop, and then they'll probably come back around uh, October, November, maybe early December-ish. Usually the last two times I saw them before were late fall, early winter. So... They'll be back around. Um, if, if you want to get some good live Run the Jewels, there's a couple of good live sets you can find on YouTube. Uh, a lot of live sets with some good ones. I've probably seen them. And then um, Spotify has, um, like two years ago, I think it was, they did a live South by Southwest. And uh, you can they have that entire set on Spotify. So a lot of great Run the Jewels. Just look. I got a lot on Amazon Prime uh, Music as well, and I got nice. Amazon Prime Music for free. So I'm going to take a look at their playlists and their their channels. And uh, yeah, all three albums are there. Yeah, some of the bonus tracks. And anything that says Prime, I get for free. So that's tits. I need to start using Amazon Music. There's a lot of in the jewel stuff for free. Yeah, if you guys free for me. Anyway. If you like hip hop at all, man, just trust me, you won't be disappointed with Run yeah, the Jewels. Yeah, great, great, great group. Uh, we got an update from the Flying Frenchie. Yeah, man. We still um, have no movement, but uh, they're both, you know, it's an exciting time over there, and they can't wait to introduce the world to the newest little average Joe, hopefully soon. So, yeah. Are they going to name it Joe? No, I don't remember. It was a, He had mentioned Connor before, but I don't know. If it, I don't know if that was ingest or not, or well, if it was legit. Yeah, or... I don't know if they're trying to keep the, the, the C thing going with, yeah, with, with Carla, Kara, and, Carla and, and Connor. But yeah, we haven't really gotten a name update in a while. We were kicking no. her, we were trying to lean him towards Matt Ryan after yeah. Matt Ryan towards the he's, Packers. He's, he's also and he's Ryan, Ryan Matt. Matthew. You know? Yeah. Tim Brady. <laughs> Tim Brady motherfuckers. <laughs> oh God, I love the league. That's another show I gotta get you on is the league. I'm on it. I started David uh, Hawkins got me into it and I watched okay. quite a bit okay, of it for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Um I just I never downloaded it, and I didn't. The league is I kind of got uh, so kind of got lost, and I didn't didn't go back to it. But uh, I'll it's, start. I'll start downloading yeah, it. Yeah, it's up there with with Sonny, and, and yeah. you'll love it. Yeah, like I said, Dave got me into it for a while. Him and I watched quite a bit of it. Yeah, uh, him, me, and Tony are huge fans of the league. There's a lot of league. Oh, since season one. So, yeah, he uh, he actually got me into the league. I came in late, just before the second season started, 
And then started watching it, and then like I don't even know if I yeah, finished the first yeah, season. I got a shot. Oh, you you gotta do yourself a favor yeah. uh, and, and do that. I'll fire it up and, and put it for the downloads tonight after we go uh, legally. That is nice. Yes, everything's legal. Ludes and legality. We stay. This is Trump's America. We are we we are gonna try to do like that bonus fucked up episode. Oh fuck yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pay a little homage well, to be legally fucked up. Legally right? fucked up, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's legal unless we do find some lewds. Then um, oh god, if we can fuck find some you fucking guys, lewds. God damn, I will sit dude. here like a fucking brick. Out there? If I could, if we could get some lewds and just oh, get man. fucked up, that would be phenomenal. I was I was telling Tony before oh. we started the show, it's like there was like this dude in the seventies that was swinging dick all over town in like New York, maybe L.A., and he had this stash of lewds <laughs> that what. <laughs> <laughs> Not swinging dick on you, but you know what I mean? You, you know that guy? Not anybody, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know that guy that would go on the clubs and stuff in the 70s? And he, and he had this bag of lewds and he'd stick it in a safe and he buried it. And then maybe he went to jail or died or something, never told him about the safe. We got to find that fucking safe full of lewds. Oh you God. lived in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got the connection to start yeah. this thing. You know, Jersey was heavy on Coke. And the night when I was in there in the late '90s and the early 2000s, yeah, you know, from like '99 to about 2004, 2005, it was all about blow, yeah. and you know, and crack and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, and... I, let me tell you something about that. When I went out there, and I went out there in '99, and uh, all I did was smoke weed. I right. didn't do nothing else. And uh, legally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah, legally. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so legal in New Jersey now. <laughs> I told her, bro- her brother and I were going to get a, you know get a half ounce. You know, I was going to get a bag. He's like, you want to get a bag? So yeah, you know, we'll split it. And I was like, how much? He said sixty. And I thought he would bet sixty for me, sixty for him. We'll get an ounce. You know, one hundred twenty. I thought, man, it's a little high, but this is New York, New Jersey, whatever. It was sixty for me and sixty for him to get a half ounce. It was one hundred and twenty dollars for a half ounce of garbage weed. That's Oof. It was three. It was two hundred and twenty-five bucks for an ounce of garbage weed out there. It was like three hundred and fifty if you wanted an ounce of, of smokable weed. Jesus, weed was nothing out there. Because nobody had it because nobody could make money off it. It was all about blow. So you could get, mm. you could get an eight ball for like a hundred bucks, because coke was everywhere. But you couldn't get any smokable weed. And I was like, bro, I can get a smokable bag of weed for 90 bucks for a fucking ounce back in fucking Fruitport, Michigan. Yeah. What are you doing to me out here, man? 300 bucks for a bag of smokable weed? I was, at that point, I was like, I don't smoke weed anymore. Well, I would, I might. I couldn't do it. Up I was food. like, fuck it. Where's the beer? Probably not, but. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I mean, the, and the weed was so old and bad, you know, you get like a. A quarter, and they didn't put it in baggies. They rolled it up in tinfoil. Oh yeah, I don't know if you guys ever said. I didn't I know have, that was a fucking thing. I've gotten weed in tinfoil before. Yeah, it's weird. It was so yes, it fucking is. weird. My buddy Rob, the one that I go to, uh, went to all the ECW shows. Yeah, on. yeah. I got a quarter. It was like I found a quarter for like seventy bucks. Like fuck it, I'll take it. And he brought it. Looked like a hot dog. Just this rolled up fucking hot dog. And uh, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And like, it's your quarter, bro. Quarter. Fucking banging on the... I was like, is there weed in here? Like, you guys ever heard of a baggie? I said, did I pay for this fucking foil weight, too? He said, no, 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 you're fine. And it was a quarter, but it was... This, this, it was garbage. It was, this was just hell out there to find fucking weed. Oh, hell. dude, I didn't experience fucking buying, getting tinfoil weed until... 
Well, my 33 now, seven years ago, five years ago, maybe. My neighbor, this dude lived across the street from us, used to have a pretty good hookup on, on Crons, and this was like just after Michigan passed medical and stuff. And uh, none of us had our card or whatever, but he would go get this really good homegrown fucking chronic, and uh, it always would come in a fucking tinfoil. I'm like, what is going on? And then a lot of times it'd be short. And I got a bitch. Come on. This is business, man. Get yeah. your business right. Yeah. I put myself in some stupid situations going <laughs> back to bitch. Because this dude was a big motherfucker. Like, he, he fought MMA around here and shit uh, and stuff. And, like, one time I brought my scale with me to to uh, to get it from him from a different location after I we'd both moved and shit. And I was literally, like, a gram and a half short. And there was, like, six other dudes sitting in this house. And I was like, man. I'm not going fucking, fuck this, I'm not getting shorted. Doesn't matter. Went back up on the door, and I'm like, look, man, not for nothing, but uh, fucking gram and a half short here. Like, I even would have ate the half a gram, but a gram short? Nah. Not going to happen. Either let's give me that gram or let me get my cash back. And I was like, I'm going to get my fucking ass beat over a gram and a half of fucking weed. Yep. By all these dudes. Like, there's some big-ass prison motherfuckers yeah, sitting man. in there. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to get the shit beaten out of me for a gram of fucking weed, but it's yep. a goddamn principle. It's a fucking principle oh, at this point. I, I got you, man. Uh, I know this guy who knew someone. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was going, uh, he, somebody was going to get a dime bag. And uh, this dude, I, I usually have to drive him to go get it, you know. So we go to this, we go to this apartment, you know. I sit out in the car, go do the thing, whatever. It's all legal, it's all fine. All fucking legal. And uh, so I just want a dime bag. He picked up a twenty, right? He just grabs a bag, he just, he just rips the shit in half, and he's like, "Here you go." And he just. <laughs> and I looked at him. I'm like, "What? When the You're, fuck? You got a scale in your hand? What? What's going on here? You know?" But. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't uh, mess with it too much after that. Like, All right, man. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. All right, the Average Joe's Drug Show. <sighs> yeah, that's coming coming soon <laughs> to an Average Joe podcast yeah, network. We really, we really just went. <laughs> wait, till, wait, wait till we do that fucking wait rabbit till, hole wait show. Wait till the rabbit hole show comes out, brother. I don't know what Ryan's going to do because, like, he's just going to get drunk. He's like, going to he's gonna have to be, like, six beers deep before we start. At least. And then go another six in. Yeah, you know. brownie. Cause yeah, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm gonna be baked out. My I want to do edibles. Oh, I got you. No yeah. worries. I want to do some edibles, and I got, uh, <laughs> you know, I got CBD capsules for me that'll help. I mean, it's not gonna get me fucking ripped, but no. it'll it'll add on. It'll help. We'll have we'll have the pen and and some things. Yeah, like, I want to do some edibles and pen. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we'll get fucked up yeah. and just see where the push record and see where the night takes us. Let's do this. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right, uh, let's get some final thoughts. Let's get the fuck up out of here, Tony. We'll give you the honor. Uh, any final thoughts? It was a good time. <laughs> Put me on the spot like that. You knew it was coming. This is what we do every show, and I always start with Ryan. Well, you're the American fill-in for Ryan tonight. So, Damn it, Ryan. What would you say? I got no snow. I can't tell anybody to salt their driveways. Salt their fucking driveways. But damn it, if there was snow, man... <laughs> Listen, Ryan, if you were here, I'd have salted my driveway. <laughs> You'll get to meet Ryan when we... No, man. No, seriously, though, I'm looking forward to the fights next weekend. Um, right? That's next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. Uh, Average Joe's Fight Night with the Joe's Round 3. 
See, there you go. Yeah, kick that mule. Yeah, mm. baby. Tony, thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for having me. Of course, yeah, man, man. You're always welcome. Absolutely. Dave, final thoughts? Hey, I'm looking forward to uh, to Ryan having this kid come out, man. We are so excited for you, brother. I know it's your firstborn son. You know, it's going to be a rough time. Um, it's going to be, you know, you're not going to get any sleep, but you've been through this all before with the other one. But uh, good luck to you, brother. You know, hold her arm tight, hold her hand tight, and no matter what your wife says, it's not all your fault. <laughs> It kind of is. It kind of is. It's half your fault. <laughs> she wanted it. It's fine. <laughs> it's still Ryan's fault, but... Yeah, uh, for my final thoughts, Ryan and Kara, I just want you guys to know that I'm thinking of you both and uh, very excited for you guys for this addition to the family. Ryan, my brother, we miss you. I miss you. Yeah, even, though, even though everyone thinks I hated you after last week, I, I do love you, and I'm sorry for yelling. And uh, <laughs> can't wait for you to, to get your son into the world and uh, be able to express this joy as you share this moment with us. So, yeah, Ryan and Karen, we're thinking of you guys. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it. I'm going to let Sticks fucking ride this one out. For David Van Boglin and our guest, Tony Monteruso, once again, Tony, thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff Shanahan. And we'll see you guys next week for episode 56 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Fucking sing it, Tommy Shaw. Fucking feed